combustible. We're here this morning again talking to Peyton Owens. Hey, y'all. Hey, Peyton. Oh, that's like a radio voice. I know. Hey. Uh, Peyton works for a major metropolitan department here in Atlanta and uh, is a firefighter. Yes, driver operator. Driver operator, so he's not a firefighter. Uh, And it's been with the department since 2008. Yes, sir. You don't have to call me, sir. That's going to get annoying. This is going to get ugly. I'm going to lose my mind. This is going to get ugly quick. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so once you kind of go into some of your backstory, like how'd you get into the fire department? Got into the fire service um, uh, by happenstance, maybe. Um, Not something I sought out from like an early age. Better. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, some events in my life led me to want to reevaluate what I was doing with my life and uh, what I was going to do for a career and um, started evaluating things and um, fire department seemed like the best fit and the things I put into that evaluation of myself what I wanted to do in my life now did you know some people that were already in the fire service I did I did um, had several good friends had an uncle um, he's over um, you know, I had a stepfather that was a volunteer. Um, so I had lots of people. Uh, my kind of, you know, the South, how the South works. Hey, you know, who, who's your mama and them? Around where I live, you know, that's how you get to know people. But, uh, you know, and, and coming from a, a, a white trash family, kind of works out this way. Um, one of my stepfather's mother's, uh, brother-in-law was Jack Gober that worked here, and uh, okay, I know that name. Can't say that. I'm sorry, you can you say it. You can say anything you want. Uh, didn't didn't think of that. Um, so it was Jack Gober. Um, so just you know, uh, always had great influences in the service that I kind of could lead to and, and ask about. Yeah, I, I kind of had a similar path. I mean, it wasn't something I always wanted to do, grow up being a firefighter, but I knew somebody who was doing it, and they kind of mentioned it to me, and I was like, eh, I don't know. And then, you know, more I got into it, the more I realized it really fit my personality. It sounds like it fits yours pretty well. Well. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> no, it depends on <laughs> who you are still here, ask. so I'm just uh, Well, you got in, and then you got out. <laughs> I did. Uh, I got in, uh, got out in uh, 2017. Um, actually... It, uh, yesterday was the uh, two-year anniversary. Uh, I did have to leave for a little extensive time. Uh, I, I did FMLA first from um, about this time in 2017 till about May. I did come back off FMLA for about two months. Um, had some family stuff happen. And uh, when I came back, some problems kind of arose because I was not home all the time and uh, decided sat down with my wife and decided it was best to instead of trying to go on an extensive leave or uh, anything like that it was just best to resign Uh, was hoping I would be able to come back we didn't know if that was going to be a month a year two years Uh, ended up being about six and a half months and I came back December of 2017 do you remember the day that you started the fire service? The month, the day, the year that you started the fire service? I do. You do? So, like, walking into this building, I remember, was uh, 
the 11th, August 11th, 2008. Because I walked in and there were people everywhere. You had some experience before this, though, right? Uh, well, yes, over in Morgan County. Okay. Do you remember? A little the, different. Do you remember the day you started that? It was uh, May in two thousand five. Are you typically good with dates, or you, no. because no? Okay, because it's funny <laughs> no. that you remember the date. The anniversary of the day that something happened is usually a pretty significant process. So to be able to say yesterday was the day that I returned, seems like there's a bunch of information in that between those dates. Well, yesterday was actually the day that we had left a working fire. Um, it was actually one of our units on fire inside of a storage building. And um, we had just got back and showered and laid down and my phone started going off. And um, it was very odd for my phone to get multiple text messages at 3.30 in the morning. And um, it was some pretty bad news. Said, you need to come home now. And I got up and went and told my battalion chief I need to leave. And I left and um, got home to find out that uh, my wife's grandparents had been murdered um, by a cousin that was live a cousin of hers, um, a, a grandson of grandparents that was living in the basement he had went on a about a seven day drug binge and was just out of his mind and got mad because he couldn't have money for cigarettes um he you know then murdered my wife's grandparents and hid the bodies in the basement for about seven days and we ended up finding out that night wow. um after uh, a local sheriff's office went and did a, a welfare check um so I, I needed to be home before my wife woke up. My, my mother-in-law was texting me and calling me, and I, I, I went home and uh, had to wake my wife up and tell her the news. And uh, at the same time, she had some surgery scheduled. She had a complete Achilles tear and had to have that uh, completely shaved off and reattached, and that put her non-weight-bearing for 12 weeks. So... That was kind of where the FMLA came in to be at home, take care of her. And then uh, she was also finishing up her master's program. And uh, it was just a lot of work with two kids and running a household and grocery shopping and, and everything for me to be gone for 24 hours uh, every third day. So we made the decision for me to uh, resign because uh, it, m more than just us too, you know, it was – it affected people here, me not knowing how long I was going to be gone. Uh, you know, people put in for chiefs asked for vacations three months out. Hey, are you going to be back in, in March, April, May, June, Peyton? I, I don't know, chief. You know, that messes right. up. Can I let this person offer his vacation? So um, we, we put that into the consideration on should I try to do an extensive – you know, leave of absence or just resign. And we felt it was best to just resign, you know, for, for both parties involved. You um, definitely had the reasons, but was it hard walking away? I, yeah, I was uh, pretty tore up. Well, um, inside, yeah. Uh, I was maybe a little frustrated outside and a little burnout. Um, and At least maybe, that's what your Facebook posts say, right? <laughs> and maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe 
tried to use that to mask a little bit that, that I didn't care, but I cared. Right. So how long were you out of it? Uh, six months, 26 days. Really? I guess I thought it was longer than that. Long enough to... Seven months. Long enough to grow that beard. The Well, the beard... Yeah. It just kind of, you know, it grows fast. Once it, once it gets past that uh, trailer park stage, it... You know, it just goes. <laughs> it was an impressive beard. So you left a little, maybe a little disgruntled? Yes. But you ended up missing it and wanted to come back. I did. What about it was it that you missed? Uh, everything. Um, I miss the smell of the station when I walk in first thing in the morning. Uh, I miss the banter with the guys. Um, I miss, you know, sleeping in the bunk room um, eating breakfast eating supper with the crew uh, running the calls training all of it I'd say nowadays uh, in any department mine y'all's we end up with the individuals who get really disgruntled about what's going on in the departments and it's easy to kind of get caught up in that negativity so now having been on both sides of that you you kind of suffered from some of that You, you got off the job you came back to the job what would you advice would you give to somebody who's teetering on that that brink of what they're a decision they're about to make? Just sit back and breathe. <laughs> just um, for me, I just kind of have to let stuff go. I, I kind of sit back and try to just when I'm here, I try not to think about it. The the stuff that um, can can make you maybe a little more disgruntled. Um, pay time off why is this not happening why is that not happening um and i always in my mind think back to that old nextel commercial you know where the firemen are up there and they, right. they go into the the, the courtrooms like hey we need clean water who wants clean water and everybody's like me okay clean water done and you know in, in our mind it, it should be every decision made at the station level the battalion level, the county level should be that easy. Right. Should be. Is it? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Um, you know, so, and, you know, that's what I tell people just try to look at a few different perspectives. And for me, what I do when I get, um, start getting a little more disgruntled at stuff and feel like you want to say something, I try to, you know, type it out, delete it, type it out again, delete it, type it out again. And then you're like, all right, this sounds really stupid. And uh, by then I'm usually calm. That's a great nugget. I hope nobody misses on that. I do the same thing. Write it out. Yep. Delete write it, it out. Read See if it. it's worth writing it again. Yep. When you write it, it usually starts to de-escalate as you write it. Eventually, you're like, I'm not, and, it's uh, not worth it anymore. For me, and, and that and my wife, she just, you know, she's that person that I tell my frustrations too and she helps me see different perspectives different angles and um, i try to be a little more open that would be my suggestion people that are disgruntled is try to talk to different people see their point of view and try to that add that into your point of view and not just be blundered one way I, i'm right you're wrong so go ahead uh, go ahead i think you have a perspective before we move past it that some don't maybe even a lot don't which is 
you didn't take a vacation. You were gone for a pretty good period of time. During that period of time, all the things that you mentioned that you missed, which are the nuances that it's just habitual for us to show up and smell the coffee in the firehouse, what's the odor of the firehouse, the culture of the firehouse, all the things that happen in that house that we go to every third day, you got separated that for, from a period of time. Coming back from that, do you feel that, how long did it take before you found yourself with the button reset and going, I'm just as frustrated as I was before and I'm going through the same things? Is do, Did you did your absence now give you a perspective to go, well, I appreciate the hell out of this because I know what it's like not to have it and now it's it's led to, since you've been back, that kind of helps you along the way or do you find yourself where it's like i just get as frustrated as i used to be again and that mindset just kind of you hit the reset button you're right back to where you started so i have not been frustrated like i was when i left until recently some some old feelings have started creeping back in um you know and it's just little things um time off is is a big one uh, I don't ask for a lot of time off. I got approved for a day and then um, got a call the evening before my approved day for a class I had been in, registered in for like six months. And I got a call the night before and was like, hey, uh, your day's been canceled. You need to come in. You know, that kind of is like, <clears throat> right? Pissed me off. Um, but. I sat back and, you know, I thought of why I got called in and there was, there was very good reasons why, um, you know, not, I don't really want to go into them, but there, there was reasons why. And I sat back and took those into consideration. I can take this class again. The reason why I needed to come in only happened once and other people needed off for that reason. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like, I got called in because somebody else bumped me and they took a vacation. It was, you know, somebody needed to be home. It was legitimate. Yes. So, you know. So that's uh, just life. Yes. Right. And not that it's always that way where the decision that's being made is, <clears throat> oh, that's a legitimate decision. A lot of times things will happen in the fire service. We all know where we don't think it's justifiable. Why did I get cheated out of this? Why didn't they do this? They should have done that. They should have done the other. And sometimes it's real complex in the background, but I'm looking at me right now and I see the frustration building up from what I would perceive as poor decisions or I'm getting constantly uh, crapped on, you know, and it's just almost like some, in some period of your career, you're gonna experience that. Some people have enough insight whether through its life experiences or whatever, where you can look at it and go, it's, this is really not that big of a deal to move on or there's bigger issues out there. And some people will take that and then it'll accumulate it with the next one and the next one. And then you have a catastrophic event that ends up happening later because now you're just absolutely bitter. I would say we're all one gut punch away from being the guy in the recliner that hates the department and doesn't ever want to come in because you let it accumulate. It just seems like through your life experiences and through that hiatus, you would have that, oh, I know what it's like to miss the fire service. And I think some of us don't have that, I know what it's like to miss this, to not have this. And those small details would 
appear like they can go away a little bit quicker because you know what it's like not to have all the other great stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to sound um, cocky or arrogant. I didn't have to come back. Financially, I didn't have to come back. Um, you know, this this as far as the financial side, paycheck, we, we do just fine without it. Um, and actually, at the time, I, I still had my small business, which I sold uh, a week ago yesterday. Oh, so well, congratulations. Our, our listeners can't see the big smile on your face. <laughs> so nine years, I owned my own gym and uh, finally sold it this past a, a week ago. And um, super excited about that. But, um, I mean, look, this is what my days consisted of. Once my wife got better, you know, May, June-ish, and she was coming out of the boot and started walking around. She could start driving again. Started, you know, um, kind of getting over the bad thing that happened. And, um, you know, my days consisted of, like, the summer when my kids were out, of waking up and whenever, going to the pool, hanging out with my kids, going to work out whenever I wanted to, um, check on my coaches that were at the gym, hey, do you need anything? And uh, just do whatever I wanted all day long um you know my wife uh does well you know with her job so she's really the breadwinner and uh so other than missing the smell of the fire station why why come back um so because of what we actually do here the the difference that we make um seeing running lights and sirens somewhere and seeing a a mom and their kid or a dad and their kid or a family uh, in a car and just see the kid look up and just smile when they see the fire truck come by um you know when you you walk in a a grocery store uh, to pick up supper and people are like hey thank you for what you do um i don't feel like i need that thank you but it's it's good that the community knows we're here and that they're appreciative um right you know for the the elderly person that has no one and they fall and they can't get up and you know they they push the button and we come out and help them back up can it get aggravating when you go to the same house you know a hundred times in a week yes but um they don't have anybody else Mm -hmm. it's us that they turn to so um those are the reasons why i want to be here and do this so you said, um, going back to the thing about easy decisions, you know, and the Nextel and, you know, their decisions. So when there are easy decisions that aren't being made, what do you attribute that to? Because I, I think you've gained, a, I think you've got perspective. I think you gained perspective coming back. And I think the interesting thing, at least um, I might be putting words in your mouth, but you said that you you felt yourself becoming a little bit frustrated, and I think you have you have the benefit of having experienced that, walked away, come back, and you now recognize it because of you were able to see where you were, where you got to, you came back. You know what I mean? You're you're able to see it's it start to create. You have a self awareness about it that most people don't have. So, where's that perspective? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough answer. Um, 
Well, well, let's go back to the first one. Why, okay. when you see a, an easy decision that's not being made, why? What? What do you attribute that to? Easy decision from whatever being it is. a station level. What? Well, I mean, you, you said there are there are easy decisions. You know, do we want clean water? Yes or no? That kind of stuff. And those are happening within the department. So, what do you attribute those to when they don't happen? Um. Poor leadership? Is it? And I mean, I don't know that it's poor leadership. It's I'm going to put this decision way down here on the priority list because I have other things to worry about. Right. So, so I, I feel like the the stuff that would affect us immediately, and, and that's one thing that I've learned about owning a gym is uh, people love instant gratification. Um, so you know, you can go out and eat like shit all weekend and come in and work out on monday and i was like oh cool <laughs> right good it doesn't matter if you ever lose weight over a period of three years as long as you get that instant gratification of um and I, I, you know we easy decisions are kind of that easy gratification for us mm. um you know hard decisions are the ones that we don't get anything right now but three years from now they will affect us and help us right so i i've always you know I guess where I'm going is is that if it's an easy decision and somebody's not making it, there must be a reason. You know? Does that ever enter into it or is it Um Yeah, they're they're not making it because it might not be a reason that you agree with, but there's gotta be a reason, right? And who says it's an easy decision? Well, from your perspective, from it may my be, perspective and you may see that there's it, very right, little it, it ripples, is. but they're forecasting and seeing the ripples going all the right. way across the from pond. From my and perspective, in ops, it's an easy decision. Right, letting you know, um, and I'll go back to time off. Letting people off should just be an easy decision. Right, should be, um, you know, but if it were, and I think about we it, would do it right. I would Maybe hope so. <laughs> well, Maybe okay. not necessarily because I, I you know, one Maybe. thing that we don't take under consideration and just listen, listening to them. When these decisions are, are being made, you're making an organizational decision that easy or hard decision. We'll leave that alone because that's perception. But one thing's not taken into account is the person that it's affecting has a bunch of stuff going on. How they're going to perceive that base is based a lot on what's happening now. So if he's if he's set to go to this training class and the mindset would be, hey, I'm going to go to training to better myself, to better the department. You just roadblock that. That doesn't make any damn sense. Hey, my wife is home at sick, uh, homesick. I got this going on. I got the other thing going on. A lot of times this stuff is not taken into consideration because you kind of can't. The, the objectivity of the decision from up top may be we have this many slots, this is going on, military leave, FMLA, whatever it may be, boom, you're bumped out. Um, so th it would seem like it's a simple decision from down here, and I get it because I'd be looking at it from, hey, I asked for this months ago. I'm doing something that's going to better the department. And to, to expect that person to stop in their tracks and say, well, let me let me take a good look at this. We have a department that has, you know, 800 people in it. I'm sure there's sick leave and there's FMLA and there's military leave and there's all these things. No, I'm going my immediate need right now and what I put in for and what I prepared for. Why am I being affected by? So uh, to me, it becomes it's, it's not a simple thing. Simple decision when you objectify it up top, but 
no matter how much you objectify that on top of the decisions that are made in the best interest of the organization and all that, I scheduled this three months ago. No, I get that. I was that, set to go off. So, so it, it, where I'm where I'm going, I guess, is that for you to buy into the idea that if it's a good decision and it's not being made, there must be a reason, requires the individual to trust the people that are making that decision. That there must be a reason mm, why well, you just used the word trust. Yeah, yeah mm. I know. So and that's a big one. <laughs> you know, there's been times in in my career where I've left my station and went to the complete opposite other end of the county to fill in for someone because they had to leave because of their kid's baseball game. Right. And I packed all my stuff up in the middle of the shift. Um, went to a station I'm unfamiliar with, territory I'm unfamiliar with. You know, to get there, nobody eats together. I, it's a ghost town. Everybody's in their own little hole. You know, sucked. Right. And then there's times where I've really needed off and – you know, I've known there was someone else that could come fill in for my spot and was told no. So I want to turn that around on you a little bit based on what Pavel just said. And you said you got you got sent off for a baseball game, and I'm, I'm assuming that you meant that it wasn't important. But that might have been the baseball game for right. that person, for their kid. I, and I agree. Know? So it is all that perspective, and I just it, – it takes a lot of trust. It's it's perspective, and I want to go back to the trust thing because it obviously hit a trigger for you, and not necessarily so. We're, we're, I mean, or I perceived that it hit a trigger. So, getting off of the time off detail, because we're using that as an example, but really it could be anything within the organization where you feel a decision has been made, and you just don't trust either the decision makers which appears to be the case in in a lot of times it's well i don't trust that that was in the best interest or whatever there has to be an outlier there has to be something out there so as an individual doesn't is not part of your organization i'm always looking at hey i want the trust of the people whom rely on me for good decision making but i'm also very realistic about the fact that even though you trust me, there's decisions that are going to be made that either I can't explain, and that's just a, a fact of the job. In other words, I can't go and explain this to everybody. There's things that will prohibit me from giving you a complete explanation. And then there's those that are, you know, hey, let me explain it. But that explanation is just not good enough because it doesn't fit into your priority. So if you were to say, you know, Trosh, here are some things you could do to earn the trust of the people. I hate to use the term below, but the people that report to you or re, uh, rely on you to make good decisions. Here's some things that our leaders could be doing to earn some trust where we would be not as critical on their decision making. What, what would you be telling those people? What are you telling those leaders? From... My, my perspective like ops is getting more with those informal leaders um you know and and of course we have a, a command structure here um well and the larger the organization the more right. and you know a lot of times it's battalion chief comes in and talks to the captain tells him something and then the captain comes and tells the crew something 
Um, if you have a house that's got nine people and you have one informal leader, you know, outside the, the captain, um, and they don't agree with everything that's going on or what your battalion chief's saying or what's going on at headquarters, most of the time that crew is going to kind of side with that informal leader because that's who they're working with every day. That's who's training them. That's who's in their head. Sure. And so then, you know, when, when that informal leader doesn't agree with something or doesn't like something that those everyone else in the station, it doesn't matter if what the battalion chief says is right. Um, you know, that, that crew is going to follow that informal leader. And so, you know, trying to figure out what's, making this 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 informal leader think this way talk hey talk to me instead of the people up here talking down to you know well this is the way it is this is why hey you tell me all i want to do is listen you tell me what you think is wrong and you know how to fix it you tell me your plan i want to hear your plan and then we'll try to dissect it and i'll i'll say you know well then we'll kind of go over it together. Do we have time to do that? I mean, no, we got 800 people here. Right. Well, Hatch, I'd like to have your opinion on it because you said something in the past, and I agree with it 100%. It is difficult to um, – you talked about leadership and how difficult it was but necessary – to meet the individuals, like individualize people and say, I need to know you and what makes you tick and what works for you, as opposed to just a broad message going, all right, guys, listen, we're not going to have, uh, this is going to take place because of the other You're I, The informal leader, it takes a lot of work from leadership to go, all right, I know how this informal leader works. Let me go influence that person and explain that to him. That's it's time. It's a commitment and it's, it's not just a time and commitment of going and sitting down. Hey, I'm going to go talk to Peyton. He has a lot of influence over the people. It's knowing Peyton because I'm going to go to you and I'm going to go to Hatch and the discussion is going to be a little bit different. The message will be the same, but discussion is a little bit different because the personalities are different. And I think sometimes we don't take the time to actually do that. Is that, am I going down the wrong path of what you kind of, no, no, I'm just laughing because you just keep on going. Uh, <laughs> well, you're not. <laughs> well, you know, I had to break in. You're waiting to get interrupted. Yeah, I'm just, uh, <laughs> just going to go ahead and keep on going. Yeah, I talk about it. It's like uh, playing an individual game of chess with with different individuals. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Shane. Uh, you know, so if I'm I'm playing a game of chess with with Peyton, you know, I'm going to have a certain strategy, and then I'm one against uh, Pabell's going to be another strategy, and it, it becomes exhausting because you're doing it all the different. But uh, something I just thought of is, is does the informal leader do that? Or do they give this that big broadcast thing? They're not really thinking about the individuals. That's more of a station officer kind of thing. But the informal leader just kind of just says what they think. I mean, they're just broadcasting out their views. Would you agree? Yeah, and I only care about the people at my station. I don't care about the people at the other station. As far as when we're talking about these easy decisions, I only I care about those decisions being made affecting my guys that I work with on a daily basis. If it, you know, if, if a decision can be made to help my guys get off more or go to more training, things like that. And in my station, 
you know, the next station over, if they kind of get canceled or pushed off, and oh well. <laughs> right, right. So that's where it, it gets is into what it the is. Here's the brotherhood. The whole perspective of <laughs> they ought to step up like I am. And, you know. That's but right. That's, but that's, that's, right. that's exactly what I was talking about the ripple effects. Right. You know, what happens here, as long as it doesn't affect these four walls, I'm good, you know. And that's that changing your thinking from locally to globally of how it's going to work out through the entire department. Would you call yourself an informal leader? Um, no, 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 sir. Yes, <laughs> why not? Wait, why not? Why not? Um, it's not a moniker you want to give yourself. It should be given to you. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to answer that. No, I mean, it, I, it's, it's not something I want to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm the formal leader of my state. Sounds arrogant. Um, not, not accusing him. I'm just no, saying. No, but I, I no, mean, I, it I does. I take younger guys under my wings. Anything but. I've learned, I try to pass on. When I see the younger guys doing dumb stuff or making dumb decisions, I try to say, hey, that's done that before <laughs> this is usually how it turns out don't do it so doing that taking those people under your wing kind of taking the role of a, what we may call a senior senior man or senior firefighter which is something we all talk about that we, we really love but we don't really have a um a formalized way to to teach somebody that uh, the impact that those individuals have in my opinion is so huge because you when somebody goes to the station and it's a brand new firefighter, I don't think they think about being the sergeant or they don't think about being the captain. They think about being that senior person. That's the person they look up to. That's the person. So the impact that that individual has is huge. Is If they're going to come in and they're going to walk around with their boots unzipped, oh, man, I want to be just like him. I'm going to unzip my boots. They don't even know why they're doing it. They're just role modeling. They're just doing what you do. And if you think about that, and then when you come in with those negative days or those days when things are really disgruntled and you're pushing it down on those individuals, they're going to do it whether they're disgruntled or not because they just want to be accepted. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't like that either. I'm, right. I'm not going to do that either. And I think guys realize, don't realize the impact that they have. They just come in and they're just venting to their family, mm -hmm. their, their work family, and they don't realize that those individual, other individuals that don't have the same experiences they have are really just – kind of jumping in on the bandwagon and before you know it it's got so much momentum you can't stop it that's exactly where i was in 2017 when I, you left not when you yes when not when i left um it was because you came back in 2017 too yes you? same so, year um yeah. it, it, there's a, a lot of people around me that, w that had a lot of that negativity and i i bought right into it and jumped on there with them um, conversations would start and i would jump right in um and it's easy to do. It is. It really is. It I, is so easy to well, fall in that trap. It feels good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I we mean, talked it about that does. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> want right. to be. Misery loves company. company. It does. So, you know, you asked a question, uh, informal leadership, and I'll make it real short this time. Man, so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I do this to everybody. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times that informal leader is the rebel without a cause. And I think that's what makes it difficult sometimes to go, hey, we're asking of the administration or the leadership or however you want to classify that, you know, go talk to the informal leaders. A lot of times these informal leaders are the rebel without a cause that are looking for every reason to go down that negative boat. And that's not all the time and that's not all of them. But there's a great deal of those that it doesn't matter what you're going to bring to them. There's going to be a negative spin on it because I agree with you. Um, bill that it kind of feels good to be you know running against the system i'm here for for the for the real greater good the real you know the us and all that kind of stuff and you're 
you're not really open to the fact that, you know, there's a greater thing going on. There's a broader system. So a lot of times the rebel without a cause is that informal leader. And it makes it quite difficult to go try to influence Holy that. Shit, little, that little bit. Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> stop looking at your phone and I'd stop. I was waiting for you to make eye contact. Peyton, you're not, you don't, you don't strike me as a negative person. I so can, I can be. Well, no, I, at, I think at, we all can times. be. But you, you don't strike me as that negative person. So it, I would assume that there is a constant battle to keep from falling into that trap. Like you said, you know, where you start to feel yourself getting frustrated. And so do you feel like you're, you're staying out of it? And how do you do that? Um, so, yes, I have been that negative person. Um, I do feel like I'm staying out of it. Um, there are times where little things slip in and I, I try to catch myself, but so there, there's like a hurricane of thoughts and I'm trying to narrow them all down from what, <laughs> what both of y'all just said. Um, should take notes again. Yeah. I should be taking notes. I didn't bring my, my notepad and stuff this time. Um, all right. So I'm all, is it okay if I kind of bell it for a second and just talk yeah man absolutely you're the guest oh, sorry good. i only bash on him when he because he does it all the time i'm out <laughs> i'm picking on him and i shouldn't even be everybody else on his show i'm a guest here I just, <laughs> see how easy it is to jump on a bandwagon yep is it that you easy? Just when it's negative i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah, i'll let you down that, that easy path. i'll let you <laughs> i planned all that out so i could do the bandwagon bit <laughs> well played. Good job, man. Well played. Well played. <laughs> well played. Either so, way, it worked because I'm shutting up. We now. might need to end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have our um, episode title, too. All right. So it, it, the bandwagon. It, 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 it really is easy to jump on that bandwagon. Um, for, for me and where I try to constantly change and stay out of it is how I grew up. I grew up um very differently and i used to think i had like this super you know awesome unique story where i you know came from nothing and so look this story happens all the time in, in america it, it happens all the time people grew up a certain way they come from bad neighborhoods or rough lifestyles and look i'm, I'm nothing special i just decided to make a decision and and not be that person anymore um growing up you know i, I had a crackhead father um, and my, my mom was doing what she could, but, you know, she used substance abuse to cope with what she was dealt with. Um, you know, I had a, used to get locked in the trunk of a car. So my dad could take me to the, the crack, crack house while he goes in and has his fun and didn't want anybody to know I was there. Um, just, just that's the lifestyle I grew up in. Never stayed in one place more than two or three months. Never made friends. It was constant change. Uh, was bitter about it in my teens, late teens. You know that you know this 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 bullshit that I I had to deal with this growing up. Um, you know, so I did what I knew. I, I drank and would would party. And I woke up one day in my younger twenties like this is stupid. I don't have to do this. Um, saw a little sign that says you're a product of your choices not your circumstances it hit me really hard um, i said you know what everything that is going on in my life and where i am right now you know living in this one bedroom basement apartment mad pissed off because you know i'm eating uh, roman noodles and 
using the George Foreman to cook everything <laughs> uh, is all. It's not because of how I grew up. It's because of the decisions I'm making now, and that's when I decided to, you know, I'm, I'm changing. Um, quit drinking, got my act together, and I was um, working for a heating and air company in Athens. Did that for 10 years, and uh, the lady that hired me didn't have to hire me. Um, she didn't need anybody. I needed a job. I went to her and I asked her, I said, you know, I, I really need this job. She hired me. Once I decided to kind of quit the party and get my life together, I told her, I said, I want to go to school. Um, I didn't have a car at the time. I was using uh, Athens, Clark County transit to get to and from work in, in the mornings and afternoons. And uh, she was like, you know what? I'll help you. Uh, I'll help you go to school. And her taking that chance on me when I decided to make that change in my life was the biggest thing to date that, that has helped me get to where I am today. Um, her believing in me saying, I'll help you go to school. If you need to get off a little early, if you need some time off, I'll work with you. And I told her, I said, okay, but it's not in this profession. I, I don't want to go to school to help you in the future. Do you still have the same right. you know, answer? And she was like, yes. And that's when I went to EMT school in 2004 so that um, I already had that knocked out of the way. So when I started applying um, for fire departments, that was hopefully going to help me get in. And, um, you know, here I am today. Uh, you know, I worked three jobs to put my wife through. She started off um, CNA, went LPN, RN. Now she's a nurse practitioner. Um, over in the Athens area. She is head of a mid-level group for a hospitalist group. So um, we, we've come a long way. And um, I think just all that change in my life and, and never settling and always moving forward kind of has my mind where I am today in the fire service. That It, it can't stay the same. We, we have to accept change. We have to accept new people coming in, new decisions. We can't just say no to everything or buck every decision that's passed down. That doesn't mean you have to accept everything that comes down, but, um, you know, you, you just have to have an open mind. You, ha you have to be willing to accept change and willing to make change yourself and not just sit back and, you know, think you're right about everything. Um, I made a lot of bad decisions and realized that I'm not right. And sometimes it takes other people telling me I'm not right and me listening to them. So I don't know, maybe my life experience helps me have a different view of what happens here. Well, I, I think that's pretty. Uh, you also, we've talked before and your experience running the gym kind of, uh, I think. Dealing with people, yes. Yeah. Yep. Sold the gym and I still got a message at 8.34 last night. You know, that's why I sold it. <laughs> <laughs> but you had um, mentioned, you, but, had, you had mentioned before, you had said that uh, you implemented a change where you had moved some, some trainers around. Yes. So um, that, that was stirring a hornet's nest. I've had the same 5.30 a.m. coach. Uh, forever and those 5:30 a.m. people loved them and then I said you know what I'm going to switch it up a little bit and it went 
very, very badly. <laughs> your goal was not to stir the hornet's oh nest. Oh, my gosh. Right? Your goal was to help them grow, right? Yes. My goal was to get my coaches seeing different people and not fall into the pattern of seeing the same people's movement pattern every single day and start getting lazy and saying, you know what? Um, I, I, I watch you work out. I've done corrected your movement a thousand times. If you're going to keep doing the same wrong movement, I'm just whatever. You just do you. Um, so I, I wanted to put those coaches with new people, and I wanted the people to get new coaches to get different eyes on them. And I did not ask anybody what they thought of this plan. I did not ask my coaches or the people. I had a coaches meeting. I said, hey, starting in two days, um, <laughs> we are going to be switching the schedule around. And uh, they gave me weird looks. So wait, wait, hold on. Back up. How long did this idea germinate in your head before you spit it out on the other people? At least a month. So you gave this real thought. Yes. I, I, I think this is a great idea. This is going to yes. This will help my, my instructors. It's going to help my athletes. It's just I an thought it was a good idea. Great. And when you laid it on them. And it, was it a good idea? Yes. It, it was, was still a good idea. Still a good How idea. How was it received? For the... The reasons that I had was a great idea. So your motives are pure. Yes. And however, it was complete mutiny. <laughs> so can you see sometimes how they have pure motives and it turns into chaos? Yes. Um, that's what I was going to ask. Like, how do you now, knowing that you, you know, in the fire service now, how does that translate to transfers within us? And Shane has joined the show. <clears throat> Sorry, I was late. <laughs> he just got here. He was looking at the crows. No, I mean, you, you bring up a good point. You had this tremendous idea. You saw things from a different perspective. I want to know now, how does how does that translate to, to us and transfers? Transfers, like down the chain or transfers? No, 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 within how the do you receive like when, when people are moved oh, station to station, you know? Yeah. And it, there doesn't seem to be any non-promotional transfer. Doesn't look like that. there's a reason for it. Maybe it's not evident, and, but right know. from from where I am at my little station on my island, a lot of times it doesn't make sense. I'll see a transfer list. I'm like, why in the hell did you move such and such right over there? It makes no sense at all. Right. So yes, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's a reason behind it. Um, I mean, is that the conversation at the station when everybody's turning around looking at a two or three page transfer list? Is is the conversation, what the hell is everybody thinking? Or is somebody, maybe the informal leader, maybe the formal leader, saying, maybe we should trust this. Maybe there is some thought behind this. I've never heard that. <laughs> Just so you know, neither have I. I. I was thinking the same thing. Never have I heard somebody go, you know what, guys? Maybe there's something they're thinking, behind this. They're thinking this through. It's good. It's always been, why the hell are they bringing that guy to our station? Why are they getting this guy out of our station? Why are they sending me over here? And I've only had uh, one person ever give me even an explanation as to what was going on. And it was a poor explanation at that. Uh, not because one. you thought it was a poor explanation. Because I thought it was a poor so, explanation. Peyton, so yeah. you moved my trainer. What the <laughs> hell? I love that trainer. Yes. I've been going we to that trainer so for three years. 
I've seen real improvement in my training regimen because of that trainer, and you got rid of him. Everybody was mad, especially the five thirty a.m. group, which was my biggest class. Or you know, was the biggest group of people. That five thirty a.m. group is uh, the most sought after class at the gym. Um, and uh, so if you if you're gonna piss off a class, that's probably not the one to do because that's thirty people every morning. You know, and yeah. when you run a, a, a small business like that was, um, 30 people out of 130 members is a pretty big percentage. You know, you don't want to piss off the, the masses, um, but I did. Why, why don't you want to piss off the masses? What is it going to affect that you're so concerned about? Is it the attitude, how they feel about you? Is it your finances? Finances. Thank oh, you very when much. you run a small business, like that's the first thing. I, everybody says, you know, customer service has to be first, kind of, sort of. You you have to pay the bills first. Um, so, yes. We have to run a fire department. Uh, yeah. we ha- I, I was yeah. going to go back. Those are what we call financial realities. Remember earlier there was the operational realities, yeah. which are the easy ones. Those then are there's the, the financial realities, and then there's the political So did realities. anybody quit the gym over this? Did you lose customers? I did not because I caved. <laughs> and two weeks, later, <laughs> two weeks later, I put everything back, back like it was. And uh, I'm sorry. And how, how much? That's when I found out I really didn't own the gym. <laughs> <laughs> My name just wrote the checks to pay the bills. The members actually own the gym. Well, that's the same thing at the station, right? The captain's not really in charge. It's really the guys. Oh. Depends on how mad your captain gets. I've, well, I've pissed some captains off before and seen them. They're, they really are in charge. <laughs> I've done that a time or two. There, there's a business component to what we do that we often don't discuss because it's not pretty. Nobody wants to talk about it. That's where the hard decisions are made. The operational stuff is fantastic. I mean, that can get complicated sometimes. But we can disagree, move on, because that's the fun stuff. You know, it that's is, but, you know, we'll go ahead and throw the word out there because it's going to come up and probably derail us as Kool-Aid. Um, oh. So, um, Shane said something about, have you ever heard somebody at the station say, oh, well, maybe I understand why that happened. So Sell out. Let's... If I said that, if at the station we were sitting around breakfast all discussing, there's nine of us, and everybody's like, why in the hell did they move Jimmy Joe Bob over there? That's just so dumb. And I was like, God, maybe they actually had a, maybe they actually had a, a reason for doing that that we don't know about. How much is the Kool-Aid? What's in your coffee? You All already right. got Kool-Aid You're, in your I don't, coffee? I don't disagree with how it would go, but I think you're selling yourself short. Um, I think you are an informal leader in that station, whether you admit it or not. And I do think you have the power to say that. And you'd get some of them to go with you. Maybe. And if one of your athletes or one of your coaches would have done that for you in your business, Woo! would that have changed? If one coach, not all of them, one, just one coach, a, yeah. a particular coach would have been like to that 530 group, hey, guys, this is why Peyton did that, that things would have went completely I'm going to rewind back to where he was in the beginning. If he would have invested and within that month of thought, you would have said, let me go talk to this guy. Yep. And got him over different outcome if he would have invested in one person the mindset a lot of times will go to the objectivity of going this is a sound decision this is what we're going to do this is fantastic 
And if you don't have a good group of people around you of confidants that can come to you and say, have you thought about bringing this to the, what is it, 10th man, 11th yeah, man, whatever you 10th man. The 10th man, have you thought about bringing it to this person? Then you're you're on your own trying to make the best decisions you can for your company or in, in, the, in the cases for us for the fire department versus saying one person, one person that you can influence. Is, my question is, is that person that you had the influence, that rebel without the uh, cause, the one that was going to give you the most slack, the hardest one, or would it been, no, it's a pretty easy path. I think I could have got him on board. I definitely could have got him on board. It would have been easy had I sat him down that month before and we discussed things. And because it, it changed his routine. He's he's a pretty routine guy. He likes the pattern. And if I'd have sat him down and got input from him and let him feel like instead of being told this is what you're going to start doing and him have input on you know, well, maybe we do this. Maybe we just change it one day a week right now and let me get used to it. And then two days, he has huge influence on that. Like of all the coaches that were at my gym, if four of us told this group of people the same thing, Hey, you need to do something this way. This one coach could walk in and be like, they're wrong. You just need to do it like this. They'd be like, he's right. I love that guy. Do you think that it's difficult to go to that person because they have more influence than you do as an owner? Or it's just, it wasn't a thought. And not to put you on the spot to say, you know, a lot of times it may be that as leadership, I may not want to go to that informal leader because of the fact that it's like, man, I I should have more authority and more influence than this person does. And I don't. And they may actually be off course or whatever. Do you find it difficult? It, you just didn't even think nope, about it. It was 100% poor leadership on my part because my mind was, um, you know, I run the gym, I sit back while wow, all, all he does is coach. You know, he doesn't see a lot of things from, from my perspective of paying the bills and, you know, um, seeing how some people can get slack and things like that. And I, and, I was like, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be brought in on this conversation because either way, all he's going to do is coach. It doesn't matter if it's here, 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 all he's going to do is coach, you know, and I'm trying to do what's best for the gym as a whole. There's no point in me having to bring him in. You know, I'm the owner and I'm doing what I think is best for him and everybody else. And it was horrible, horrible, poor leadership on my part. I think that could play out at any at any level within the fire department to if you could actually have the ability to stop in your tracks and go, hey, how can I create the the path of least resistance? Who am I going to go influence? Who can I go talk to? Who can how can I do this even at a station level to go? Hey, if I talk to this firefighter because he's the one that had the most influence over this stuff. He may be able to get people on board. So when I go on, I got this alliance going on. And I, I think that's kind of common practice. A lot of times that doesn't happen because you have the full picture. You're going to make decisions for that full picture. And then even if you still have the authority, which you did, and the ability to stay on track and say, this is the best decision, this is the right thing, you could have just cleared that path ahead of you and brought things to fruition. When if we look at it now in retrospect, what took place, the message is, you took your ownership and you handed it out to them. And now, hey, anytime that a decision is made from up top, 
if we all band together and we tell them this sucks, we're going to get our way. Where you could have actually taken the time, influenced, set yourself up for success. And I see that happen, whether it's at a station level or up top. A lot of times where we don't take the time to do that, and even though it's the best decision, we have to retract it back because we just didn't take the time to set it up properly for it to be successful. We just thought it was going to be successful because it's the right thing to do. This is the best decision to make. But should you have to? I mean, at the end of the day, we still are a fire department, and we're a paramilitary organization, and there is a chain of command. And, you know, there's still a lot of old-school guys here who believe that do as I say, do as, you know, not as I do. And if I tell you to do something, don't question it. And Well, the only problem with it. that, from my perspective, is that it is paramilitary. It's not military. And people will walk away. You don't necessarily, you can't actually just walk away when you're in the military, you know? Well, you're right. People will walk away. But that same mindset is, you know, you're going to do it this way. I don't have to tell you. If you want to leave, then see you bye. Right. You and can't I, I do it for every right. situation. I don't think you could do it for every situation. But what I'm saying or what I w- what I take away from this is that I at least give some thought to the possibility that influencing one individual, sitting down with one individual is going to bring me the success that I need. At the end of the day, you're trying to get from point A to point B. So I can say we're getting to point B and that's just the way it's going to be. That's definitely a track. It's get used quite often. But how often do you sit back and go, this is going to take me an extra five minutes, but it'll about guarantee that point B to go a lot smoother. I don't know that we do that all the time. There's definitely the executive decisions that have to be made. This is what's going to happen. Well, we I changed my practice. Every decision made, Jim Hole, we always talked about it two weeks before any changes or or implementations took place. You learned that lesson outside of the fire department. A lot of us have learned it inside the fire department with catastrophic bad decisions where we didn't involve those people i think i mean i can i know i've got mine even with catastrophic decisions bill i i know there's those big catastrophic events but a lot of times the decisions are actually not a catastrophic result it's just a negative result it's not a big it's oh, really well, no, in, in i'm not grand... saying it, it impacted anybody's life it was it was a Inside the station, it was a catastrophic event for my leadership because I screwed it up. Sure, and we do that, but the difference is when you're in the fire service at the station, okay, so somebody doesn't get a day off. Somebody doesn't get to go to this training class. Somebody gets moved. You bitch and moan about that. It happens. What we forget is that there's, it's a bigger system. It hit your pocket. It hit your... Even if you didn't need that money, that's your livelihood. That is your business. You made a decision that impacted your business negatively. You felt that on the top as a leader. A lot of times these small decisions that are made don't really make it back up to the top like that. It does, it's not going to affect the business owners, not affecting the chiefs. You piss somebody off. They don't feel off. the ripples. They don't feel the ripples. You know, So if, if, if you want to create a little bit of smoother waters and spend that little bit of time to try to find who that influencer is, it'll just help to smooth the waters. Nobody, I should say most people are not looking at it 
from a business standpoint. We don't even like using that word in the fire service. This is not a business. Well, you know what? There's finances involved. There's politics involved. There's internal stakeholders. There's external stakeholders. So it's not till it really impacts the way it did for you as a business owner that we really get punched and go, "Uh oh, here we go. I'll give you an example. The department that loses people, just like we're talking about, we made some decisions. We decided we're going to do this and they lose a handful of people. Okay, we can afford that. Then you have a department that makes a decision. They lose a bunch of people. Attrition goes through the roof. All of a sudden they're going, "Uh uh-oh, we screwed up. Why? Because now it's affecting your business's ability to actually produce and perform. A lot of these small decisions that are made often don't have that ripple effect that come back up. It pisses off at the station. It may even piss off within a few within the battalion, but it's not like what happened to you where the business owner got directly affected. So we don't have that full picture out there. It's just that at the station, you affected me and the people around me and I'm gonna influence them. So I'm just going to what you said, which I think is important is, yes, I would try to program myself to take the time to go, can I influence someone or something to let this transition be smoother? You can't always do that but I don't know that we always put that much thought into it. Sometimes it's just going to be an executive decision because it's, I know this is right. I actually, I think I, I do end up doing that a little bit. I mean, we, anytime we're rolling out something important, there's a discussion at least around me that, you know, who is it that we have to have on board to make this work? Who has to approve this? And I'm not talking about, the people that get to make decisions necessarily is people down at the station level that this is this affects them you know whether it's a vacation policy whether it's um some new training something like that you know i mean it's who do we have to put this past to get them to say you know what this is a good idea you know i'm not going to make them do it out loud or 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 even bring them up and say look i talked to so-and-so he said this is good but we did test it to make sure that we weren't that far off base you know, but the danger there, I think, is that you go to the, the people that are only going to tell you yes. Yeah, you got to make yeah. sure you go to the people Which that are, are say, willing to be honest. I think we do a good job making sure well, we pick those yeah, individuals we, we know that, that are going to be honest and critical. That's your perception. Yeah. Hatch, do you feel with well, it mean, that you you're not think that even Peyton might not believe that yeah. when you just well, said I'm that. curious. Well, Hatch, you're not going to please all the people all the time. No, but do you feel that uh-huh. within your realm of people that you're pausing, stopping, and taking under consideration what some of those decisions... Me personally? Or no, 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 no. Administration? Just as an organization, yeah. Most organizations, no, I don't think they really do. Uh, but I always try to talk to uh, firefighters and whatever uh, officers. You know, when I look at it, I equate it back to football. You know, if the quarterback's throwing the pass and the guy, you know, takes his eyes off the ball to look where he's going to run and he drops a pass, do they just write them off? That's a mistake. You know, they, they, they move past it. You know, you forget the past. You'll, you'll train on that later on and you move on. Uh, but there's so many people that get focused on, well, I didn't get this. I didn't get this day off. And it's it becomes that line in the sand that they want to fight about day in and day out. It was a mistake. It shouldn't have happened. We, we got to move on. We got to move on and, and keep this train moving down the track. Uh, but I, so many people just get caught up in all the things, all the uh, missed opportunities that they've had. And I think it stymies a lot of growth in the department. It stymies a lot of the trust. You know, you have to trust that the administration is trying to make the best decision, and we have to trust that you guys are, you know, running the station the way that it should be run and, and developing the leaders the way it should be run. 
both times we we definitely miss the mark on occasionally but you still shouldn't just throw that trust out the window what happens when the perception is when the perception is that you know what that that first miss pass okay the second miss pass i was a little bit upset it seems like you guys are making the same mistake all over again and you're not actually hey where is the disconnect so sometimes we'll see yeah i get it it happened this time it happened that time this is a continual thing are you guys even paying attention when the perception is no this is not something we're learning from and move on you guys need to do something and and there's always the they right because it's never me it's they need to take action on this because it's it's a mistake that continues to happen because well, often that's the perception. I think that's when you get into the Kool Aid stuff when there's a, a continued mistake that keeps happening and you still have people that are buying into it and saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's good, it's good, it's good." Then that's when people are like, "You're definitely drinking the Kool Aid, man. What's going on with you?" Uh, I mean, I, I think it's it's a balancing act between all of it. Uh, you know, it's it's okay to, to to buy into the department and buy into you know nobody works for the second best department everybody thinks their department's the best yes so why would you do anything that would be contrary to that and try to pull away from that you want to build it up you want to have good people you want to train people you know station level even just your station or your shift or whatever it is you know there's nothing wrong with being bought into it and stuff like that you know it's not necessarily drinking the kool-aid it's thinking globally of like hey if i keep this whole thing positive and we keep moving forward it's not me selling out yeah we've, we've had this discussion before but peyton you know one of the things that I've had the luxury to see within my career is that within your own house, you'll bring up all the deficiencies. Well, we this, we that. But when you go outside of your house, man, my house has a fresh paint job. It's the nicest house on the block. It's, it's the best. You want to live in my house. So I have this unique opportunity where I get to see that, and I think you're spot on with that. You will complain about things that have to do with your department, all the deficiencies within your department internally. But the picture you put out to the public is totally different. We're the best. We are the absolute. You're so proud and so bought in. More fires than anybody. And then then the question comes, man, how do we get that buy-in in in your house? How do we get you to go into your house and go, guys, we got an awesome house, man. This is the best. I'm hearing it outside. Rest assured, outside. you know, whether it's social media or coming in, in contact with somebody, you guys are the best. Yeah, you're proud to wear that jacket with that <laughs> patch on your shirt. The, the buckle, the patch, the shirt. Not, but, the, not the top shirt. They're not wearing that. No, 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 no. no. That is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how do, we, how do we get it's such that? such a simple decision. I'm just kidding. That's a whole other, like, hour-long podcast. Something right more comfortable would be a lot better, like a polo. Um, oh, yeah. So, so how do we get it to go, hey, we're bragging outside of our house. It's such an easy how do we get decision to, who to yeah. let off. It's such an easy decision to put the, t-shirt, to put the shirt on. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just a shirt. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> hold on to that shirt idea. If, if you can, you know, there, there's not an answer to your question. Because if you Holy if crap, you was could, there a question in that? Yeah, there was. Okay. Hatch doesn't pay attention to anything I say, so you can um, ignore that. There, there, you, if, if you could come up with a system, you'd be a billionaire because you could sell it to every business out there and get all 800 of their employees to buy into exactly what they're doing i'm working on a matrix so um you know um the shirt thing right yeah it's gonna be a whole nother podcast we start getting into this yeah all right well we've already gone an hour and 18 minutes fantastic so and i did uh what 63 minutes of that pretty much pretty much (laughs) on like two breaths (laughs) 
<laughs> hell of a swimmer you are. <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to mean? Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. We should not have gone there either. Jeez. Oh. Touchy oh. today. <laughs> well, Peyton, thanks for coming out yeah, and talking to us. Oh, really it's always it. fun. Hope that I uh, shared some kind of useful knowledge. Oh, I think <laughs> some of it was useful for me, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Thanks all for having me. All of our me. listeners can check out our other podcasts uh, on iTunes and Google Play and Amazon, Spotify. Where else are we? You sound so exasperated, but Well, Did it's a long oh, list. Did you say iHeartRadio? Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on all of those things. So uh, check us out. We're also on Twitter and Hatch printed it out. <laughs> Uh, at Hatch CTP, at Bill CTP, at A Shane CTP, and at Troche CTP. Uh, you can send us an email, info at combustiblethepodcast.com. If you've got a show idea or a comment, you want to tell us how horrible we are, how great we are, uh, somewhere in the middle. And uh, be sure to check out the website, uh, combustiblethepodcast.com. That it? That's it. Cool. All right. Well, well. This is awkward. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll see Pabell right now. Pabell is terrified of speaking too quickly. Yeah, you just did it, by the way. You just did it. But I know. I, well, we haven't ended yet. I feel so. like this is my first date, and I'm trying to tell the, you know, walk away from yeah. the door. I feel that way every yeah, time. See, there we go. <laughs> We're good. All right, good. <laughs>